Welcome back to Kvetching on the Couch, a podcast where we host a weekly conversation about mental health topics through a Jewish lens. I'm Ash, I use they, she pronouns, and I'm an eating disorder and trauma therapist specializing in the Jewish community and in weight stigma. I have lived experience of an eating disorder and childhood trauma, and I do community advocacy work for the Jewish community and for fat positivity. And I'm Laura, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a mental health and suicide prevention advisor to high schools with a professional background in special education and equity work. My personal background is in fighting anti-Semitism, advocating for fat and body liberation, an eating disorder and addiction recovery through the lens of my personal experience. Let's roll the intro for one last time this season. Soft and cozy, space to unwind, place to heal, and rest your mind, somewhere between Brooklyn and Abu benching on the couch. Y'all, today is our season one finale, and it feels like we just started this project in a lot of ways but it also weirdly feels like we've been doing it for a really long time um but this is just like it's very cool that we have (laughs) if we even have a season's worth of material Mm -hmm. that we can wrap on like that's very cool Mm -hmm. uh but we aren't having a scheduled guest today uh we're just kind of processing in this space what it even means to have done this work and had these conversations but any live listeners are welcome to call in. Yes. And as Laura mentioned, we'll be chatting about this last season, the project in general, and just, you know, more broadly how it feels to have conversations about Jewish mental health, which is, you know, really the the core of the project. And as a reminder, if there's a topic that we're speaking on that resonates with you, feel free to request to hop on with us. Uh, Content warning, although I'm sure we probably won't really get into anything too sticky today. Um, This topic may lend itself to some triggering information, so please be cognizant of your well-being and take breaks if you need them. And for the last time this season, please remember that this podcast does not take the place of medical or mental health care from the clinician or provider. Reach out to professionals if you need support. Beautiful. I'm going first. I've decided I'm asking you. Okay. (laughs) Well, because it was your baby. Like, people who have been with us from the start, um, you know, listening are, I would hope, at this point, aware that this podcast is, was your brainchild that you brought me into. And um, I've, I know I've expressed gratitude. I'm going to end up being really soppy today. Um, (laughs) Just, that's another heads up. Uh, for anyone listening, but I think it's important to kind of establish the why. Why did you start this podcast? Where did the idea come from? Yeah, I mean, well, thank you for that and and all the sappiness that is to come. But, you know, in terms of the why, um, you know, I think we've talked about it on and off and even a little bit in the intro here. It's really just because these conversations aren't happening anywhere else, at least not that I'm seeing them, you know, Mm -hmm. and certainly I, I can't take in all the content that exists in the world. So perhaps I'm missing it, but um, there is a decidedly lack of mental health content related to the Jewish community, which has really um, more and more just shocked me considering how integrated so many Jews are in mental health, like professionally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, but also at the same time, it doesn't shock me. You know, I'm thinking of our episode with Ben Freeman where we talked about, you know, um, I think that was the episode where we talked about people who love dead Jews, the book and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, the denial of, uh, the fullness of our experiences that is so in some ways intrinsic to the Jewish American experience, you know? Mm -hmm. So in some ways it makes a lot of sense that even though we have all these therapists in, you know, in the Jewish community, we also don't talk about how the specific Jewish experience is impacted by therapy and mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. So that, that's really where it came from. I just wanted to have these conversations more because I was seeing how it was affecting myself. I was seeing how it was affecting my friends. You know, it's something that I noticed growing up but didn't really have the words to to name. And I guess that was also the goal was, was to put words to something that I myself have seen but maybe have been unable to conceptualize, partially because nobody else is talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I agree with you. Um, but, you know, I think you got there first that you I I felt the need that you, you know, are speaking of. And ultimately, I think that's part of why you turned around and asked me to be a part of it. But you um, have different exposure to exactly where these spaces aren't happening because you are a therapist, um, you know, and you're existing in a field where um Jews in particular, actually Jewish women are actually like disproportionately yes. represented in that field. Yes. Um and yet these conversations are not happening publicly. So, right. you know, it's just or as you said, we can't take in all the content in the world. If we are gravely offending somebody who's been like <laughs> doing this podcast concept for years or delivering Apologies. this content in a different way, I sincerely apologize. Please reach out. We would love to connect with you. Yes. Um, like, sincerely. <laughs> yeah. But I think at the end of the day, you know, it, what it really comes down to, Ash, is that you and I are privy to different spaces and exist in some of the same spaces, um, in particular online. Mm-hmm. And we just, this, neither of us had seen the conversations that we're having here taking place anywhere else. And it, it in some ways, it really is that simple that, um, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people start a podcast in a given mm-hmm. day on a, on a given pod, on a given Topic, and that was especially true um, as we entered the pandemic and people had a lot more time and mm-hmm. a lot more space with their own thoughts and were looking for ways to voice them. Um, and it's not, you know, a bad thing at all. It just, I think, makes it incredibly astonishing to me that I, someone who would seek out a podcast exactly like this, Mm. still have no knowledge of knowing that it exists like this, Mm -hmm. the content we talk about, because it, you know, is coming partially from my brain is exactly what I would want to listen to. Because it just having these conversations scratches my brain in the right places. So Mm -hmm. to be able to listen to somebody else have them would be really valuable to me. Yeah. So I just am uh, surprised that we are in some ways uh, having what feels like at least the first conversations in this forum, in this way, through this medium. But, um, you know, in other ways, I think exactly what you said makes a lot of sense um, just about kind of what 
we have internalized mm. um, and downplayed over time and how that has changed the ways that um, in particular American Jews show up in yeah. the day to day and process and live um, that we have quite literally millennia of just doing what you have to do to survive yeah. and get by. And um, I'm not, you know, we haven't really had a time in history where we could slow down enough to think it through and process. And in a lot of ways in the current climate, I'm not, always sure I feel able to slow down and process, um, but I'm grateful for the space we allocate every week to doing that. Absolutely. And I mean, I will say too, when I announced it or announced that I even was thinking about doing something like this, I did get a lot of feedback that it was something that other people were looking for and didn't see um, mm. and would be, you know, feel supported by. Uh, and I will also say that like this project isn't an anomaly in the sense that like, if I see something that I need and it doesn't exist, I just go make it. Like, mm -hmm. that's just my tendency. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also just, mm -hmm. like, how I roll sometimes because if I need it, somebody else does. Like, it's not like a, you know, a narcissistic thing. You know, it's more just like, well, I can't be the only one. Right. Nobody's, you know, you know as, as, as unique as each of our individual experiences are, in showing up in the world just because no two people have the exact same set of circumstances or mm -hmm. biology or mm -hmm. just, and it's not possible to have two people showing up the same way in the world. But um, I think that just becomes especially true when we're talking about, you know, need and who needs what. And if, if our minds or our bodies or whatever it may be is signaling to us that we need something, um, it stands to reason that we are not the first people to experience that need. Yeah. And I, and I think that's one of the things that I've loved about social media in general is the, is the way in the ways in which me sharing my thoughts and my experiences welcome people to do the same. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, both my page, your page and this project is, is meant to be a representation of that. I feel like all of my work is, is a representation of that is making the space for someone to be seen and heard. I entirely agree. So yeah, that's why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I hopped on board. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I guess that's my, my follow-up question to you is why did you decide to say yes? Because, you know, I, I reached out and, um, I'm sure that there was a, I actually think we, we discussed it. You were like, can I take some time to think about it? I was like, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, but obviously you eventually came on. So what, what was that decision about? Yeah. Um, I remember getting your message and I think, I think, gosh, I really wish our, our message history wasn't as extensive as it is. Cause I think it would be <laughs> so beautiful to like scroll back up to that message and like read it. Um, I'm not going to because it would take the duration <laughs> of this episode for me to find it. Um, but I remember, I almost feel like it's important to like establish like a prehistory to like getting that message was like, you and I weren't so, so connected yet. Mm -hmm. And a lot of um, the connection that we built came after that ask. Um, but we had already identified each other as 
having a million similarities, just even in our bios at the time, I think they were so strikingly similar that it was like, it was like queer, Jewish, disabled. I don't even remember what else was there, but like, it was just like, you know, we both exist in mental health, like eating disorder recovery, right? Like we just like, it was like, Oh, okay. So this is someone I should be talking to anyway. And we had had a conversation about potentially, um, meeting I want to say in New York um Mm. after Mm -hmm. I moved I'd said I was you know moving to the area and could we like meet for coffee like it just seemed like we were Mm -hmm. such similar people and we were both on board with that idea um as OG listeners know um it took us flying across the world (laughs) to Israel to actually meet in person (laughs) after this podcast was already well in existence um Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, because I guess of who we are as people. Um, but, uh, but, you know, the hesitance, the need for for space in finding out, um, you know, that you wanted to do this and you wanted to do this with me um, had absolutely nothing to do with you. I was like, sure, immediately that like, I wanted to work with you in some capacity, just having watched what you were posting. Um, But I immediately went to a place of imposter syndrome. I was Mm. just like, I have no idea who on earth would want to hear my voice on this topic, Mm. because I have not fully fleshed out what my voice on this topic is. What Mm. does it sound like? What messages are important to me? Mm -hmm. Um, And I, my background is certainly, you know, as an educator and I do work in mental health um, and I spend a lot of time working on Jewish storytelling efforts. I had never bridged those three things together. Um, So to be asked by Um, not just somebody who wanted to do this work and wanted to do it with me, but also somebody who had been doing this work online for some time. Like you had a posting history on your page that, you know, had already started melding these topics. Um, But also just like, I don't know, I really got in my own head. Like Mm. I just, I was like, I really don't know who would want to listen to me stumble over my words while I am exploring some of these topics in real time for the first time. Mm. And in a later conversation that we had about me coming on board, um, you really emphasized um, why you felt it was so important to have your co-host not be a clinician. Mm -hmm. And that was what prompted me to say yes, because Mm -hmm. I decided that I could lean into um, kind of step back from the idea of perfectionism and that I had to know everything that I was teaching, like right. even just coming from a background as a teacher, mm. <laughs> let me be the first to say that I do not do math, um, <laughs> like basic math, not my strong suit. And I taught right. kindergarten to fifth grade special education and um, I taught all subjects and math was one of those subjects. And the night before I would teach any concept, I would have my lesson plan, I made my lesson plan for the week. And the night before my prep work was teaching myself to do fundamental basic math skills in the way that I needed to teach them to my students, because I needed to be prepared to do that. Mm. And in deciding whether to come onto this podcast and 
be a part of leading these conversations, I was really assessing whether like, do I have the time to research and learn about every single topic that we're going to talk about um, prior to actually having the conversation? And until I let go of that and realized that it was okay to make connections in real time and process Mm -hmm. in real time with you um, and leverage what I do already know, Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't able to say yes. Mm -hmm. So I think that there was a lot of growth for me um, that came even in the decision to do this project with you, Mm -hmm. um, let alone what's come from actually getting in and doing it. It's like a really long winded answer, but that shouldn't surprise any listeners. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I appreciate it. You know, I, I, I didn't think that it was about me. I, I figured it was just that you needed, you know, to take a breath to think about it. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, that insight is, is really helpful, I think. And, you know, it's so funny because obviously I experience imposter syndrome too all the time, even, you know, on this podcast. And I've thought to myself, like, wow, Laura said that so much better than I ever could. Like, who the fuck do I think I am doing this shit? And it's so funny because, like, we're both <laughs> thinking the same thing about each other, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I mean, like we said, we're very similar people. But (laughs) no, there's a better together component, I think, in a lot of ways that like we both have our individual areas of strength and individual areas of expertise. But I feel like I forget who said it on our trip um, with Tel Aviv Institute. But one of the other attendees Mm. said something like very early on, like before I thought it was possible to have a read on both of us. Mm -hmm. You were like, you two bounce off of each other in a way that's just really beautiful and like you two compliment each other and I was like this is nice yeah because again that was literally the first time we had met in person (laughs) yeah you have a podcast you could listen to it (laughs) Yeah. yeah 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 oh yeah but it but it is I mean I and I think that is it, it was the thing that drove me, you know, obvi- to reach out to you. Obviously, like you said, that part of it was just, you know, me looking at your bio and being like, wait, no, can't be. <laughs> it just can't be that. Like, it can't be that similar. Um, and, you know, just realizing, like, what your perspective could bring to the conversation. Um, but as soon as we had our first meeting, it was just like, it just felt so natural. And I do think that the way that we work together, function together. We found our rhythm so fast. God bless. You can't, you can, thank God she muted herself because that would be loud. <laughs> two very big back-to-back sneezes. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, it just, you know, it, it felt, it felt and has felt so smooth. You know, I, I know we've certainly come on a couple of times, including today, um, not feeling super hot and mm-hmm. being exhausted. And I feel like more often than not, we're either both feeling great or we're both feeling shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And which has been a really great thing in that, like, neither of us has wound up carrying the other. It's been right. like that we've been able to support each other or bounce off of each other's um, more positive energy. But I do always feel like I leave these recordings in a better place than where I started them. Just like, I feel a sense of community with you. And like, I feel a partnership with you and a kinship to you. And it's like, no matter what we're talking about, that connection is there. And it's affirming for me, especially, you know, if I've been spending a lot of time that day just in my own head. Mm. 
which, yes, we, we both do quite a lot. Damn, you're very sneezy today. Are you all right? Allergies? <laughs> oh, no. It, it pushed her to a listener. Colin, get your stuff together. I sneezed my way right out of the call. <laughs> it's a bad allergy day for me. Got it. Got it. Um, well, we uh, just answered the second question without asking, which was, what has the experience of making this podcast been like for you? So we already answered that question. Chaos, but good chaos. Good chaos. <laughs> I really like No, I've like really enjoyed it. Like, I think that I'm a very, I know that we did largely answer it, but I do want to add like mm. something I know about myself is that I am and have a history of just like being an over-controlled person. And it's something that I have worked a lot in the last, I would say, five years or so to let go of in a lot of different ways. And um, like I said earlier in the decision to join, it was letting go of the need for that control that enabled me to be a part of it at all. And I feel like that has been um, consistently true through uh, the entire creation of season one. Hmm. I, and I'll echo that for sure. I, I mean, I think I've also let go of, you know, a lot of control in, in certain areas of my life, but the control or the, the, the illusion of control around being able to have yourself be understood perfectly mm. is something mm-hmm. that I struggle with still mm-hmm. quite a bit and, and continue to, but, but this podcast has forced me to get over that a little bit. Like I often have an intrusive thought about the weight stigma episode where I like rambled a little bit about my family history and like have to stop myself from going back into it and like editing it out. But it's fine. Mm. Cause it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, <laughs> I can relate. I've definitely said some things where I'm like, Oh, I hope some individual people don't listen yeah. to this particular episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the sake of my well-being after the fact. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not as though I said anything uh, that wasn't true to me um, and that I haven't had conversations about before because ultimately I'm not, you know, divulging my deepest, darkest parts (laughs) of myself for the very first time to a public listener base across three different platforms. That's not how I roll. Um, if my therapist hasn't heard it, it's not coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, another question we had was, what have you learned from these conversations? I feel like we answered that already too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to put it like succinctly, um, I feel like I learned more about me than I did about Jewish mental health, just because like, I, um, feel like anything I was saying was coming out of my own experience or my own understanding and was tapping Mm -hmm. into my own knowledge base, though I certainly have learned a lot from um, guests we've had on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it wasn't, you know, like that it was stuff that I couldn't find through um, their platforms, which is ultimately why we invite people on to be in the first place, right? Because of Mm -hmm. content we see them post and um, ideas that we know that they hold and we want to give a platform for them to expand upon. Um, an episode in particular, I would say that I like learned the most from in terms of content. Um, I would say decolonizing Jewish identity with Debbie roots metals was a big one for me. Um, anti-black racism in Jewish communities with Tyler Samuels was a big one for me. 
Tyler and Tyler and Debbie both gave us a lot of history lessons. Yeah. Like, and I think that that's where my personal knowledge base is lacking Mm -hmm. is in the history piece. Mm -hmm. And I just Mm -hmm. was happy to sit back and listen. Um, yeah, like I know how I feel about making mm-hmm. connections between Jewish themes um, mm-hmm. that I'm exploring through faith, through culture, through tradition right. and mental health, which I have a very comprehensive knowledge base on. Right. Um, but it's the massive mm. Jewish history across millennia that I have less of a comprehensive knowledge base on. So it was very cool just to have um, those two educators in particular. Yeah. Um, really give very domain specific knowledge. And I, I appreciated having the chance to learn from them in a live way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, all of our um, guests brought some sort of new information or a new mm-hmm. understanding, um, you know, a new way to think about it. Even if like, I, I feel like there were multiple moments in different conversations where, you know, we were all talking about the same thing and then, and then a guest would be like, oh yeah. And then it connected to this for me. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so right. That does mm-hmm. connect to that. Like it's, you know, so even if it's not factual information, I think the right. connecting of the dots um, process is, is always um, a learning experience for me. And, and it's what I do every day in therapy. So it's a good exercise for my brain. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I, 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 like you said, I, I, the reason we bring those folks on is because we do find what they have to say to be valuable. And we think that, that you all out there listening will too. So. Um, Absolutely. And I guess I'll, you know, use that as a segue to ask you, like, we've learned a lot clearly from mm -hmm. doing season one, just Mm -hmm. about ourselves and about the topics that we're covering. Mm -hmm. Um, what are you hoping for from season two? I know we prepared these questions ahead of time. I should have thought about them. Um, <laughs> what else is new? Um, I definitely feel like we said that on like our last interview style. <laughs> conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, we, we took the time to make the list and, <laughs> and um, what is talk my through why they were there. And then neither of us looked at it again. <laughs> it's almost like uh, life is happening in between almost bursts of content creation <laughs> it's almost like that almost. but that's wild that doesn't make any sense so. oh, anyway so yes um what do i hope for season two um well we already have some incredible people lined up uh we mm-hmm. you know had to cut this season a little bit short we're both burnt out and exhausted and need a break um so you know that's part of the reason why this is the finale of season one um and so we did have some folks uh, who were potentially going to be coming on soon, uh, but we want to take that break. So we're going to pop them right into season two. Um, we have Liz Kleinrock, who's going to be talking about existing as Jewish online again. I know that we did that as a part. Well, it, it wasn't a part one when we did it, but it needed to be a part one, you know, 10 minutes in, we realized that. Um, so existing as Jewish online part two with Liz, uh, Kleinrock is coming up. A friend of mine named Netta is going to talk to us about anti-Asian racism in the Jewish community. Uh, we also are going to have Dr. Jen Wolken, I believe is her mm-hmm. last name, yeah. um, to, on to talk about intergenerational trauma again. Again. Part three, <laughs> yeah. Um, we have, uh, Lucy coming back on to talk about Jewish sleepaway camp and, and that experience. So you know, firstly, I'm just excited to, to have all of those folks with us and, you know, uh, for everybody to, to hear those conversations. I'm, you know, I'm also looking forward to, 
the work expanding to some degree, you know, that the Colin has been a really wonderful platform to start things. And simultaneously, you know, there are some things about it that are that do have certain drawbacks. And I think we're both um, looking forward to the possibility of, uh, you know, um, increasing our production value and uh, doing some more admin stuff on the back end, like having more extensive show notes and doing more advertising so that people see the show um, and, and can hear it and listen to it. Um, and more real live time, real live and real time, uh, mm-hmm. realizations and connections. I think those were the moments that were the most, you know, um, impactful for me, magical for me. Um, mm-hmm. they, they just always feel really, um, I don't know, maybe it's a dopamine rush. I don't know, but <laughs> something, there's something about an epiphany that just feels incredible to my brain. Yeah. So, I do like what that we, um, in the first few episodes of this, we were, you know, also creating a visual component and then we stopped. Um, but we made the decision to stay on video with each other as we produce this audio only format and seeing either of us have an epiphany (laughs) in real time. Um, and yeah. kind of like self muting while we have that epiphany, <laughs> yeah. but watching the yeah. other go through it um, is a particularly special experience. Um, just because we know our mics are still recording, but it's like we're just like, oh, th- uh, yep. this. Uh, like if our mics, <laughs> if we were actually vocalizing, it would probably sound a lot mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. um, I agree that those are some of my favorite moments. Um, and something I hope for, for season two, um, is just to sort of remain that I can remain open, um, to continuous learning and to the continuous expanding of my, um, what I understand being Jewish to mean, um, and all of the different intercommunities and sub communities that exist within this giant umbrella of being Jewish that is both, as I said, giant and really, really tiny. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, you know, for me, I am learning so much in real time. And I am hoping that in a time, a general time outside of this project, but in my life and in a global climate that I think has left me over the last couple of years feeling really, um, calloused and hardened and mm-hmm. cynical and closed off um, mm-hmm. more than I have been um, in my life leading up to this point. I hope that I can, um, you know, continue to use the space to keep prying myself back open. It's mm-hmm. really important to me to continue doing that. And I think that this space and these topics that we talk about lend themselves really beautifully to it. So it is, it has been, and I hope will continue to be really cathartic to engage in this space. You know, I, as you said it, I also was like, oh, hey, that is what's been happening. Because it, it is, um, it's a vulnerable thing to have these conversations. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about our experiences. We're talking about, you know, things that, that we only whisper about behind closed doors, to be quite honest, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, we both knew people would resonate with and, and I, and see themselves in because we had had people tell us that, you know, that kind of experience before, but you're right. In the last couple of years, 
I've certainly closed myself off more to people. And I think to some degree that's smart and good, right? We, we don't want to give people, you know, our space and grace if they're going to just take advantage of it, you know, and if they're not going to be, um, compassionate in return and if, if they can't respect that space. Right. Um, and we need open discussion if we wish to shift things, right? Nothing, nothing changes until we can face what is. Mm. And we have to have these conversations if we want things to shift. And it's hard to have these conversations. And yeah, it, it almost like I'm visualizing like a, someone with a crowbar, you know, shoving it between a door and the frame and just kind of leaning on it real hard, trying to ratchet it open, you know? And, and I, I feel like in some ways that's, that's what it's been, you know? Um, we do have a um, comment from a live listener in the chat, and I just am going to raise it. Um, I've always felt a kinship with Jews. Can you think of one parable or bit of knowledge unique to Jews that I could incorporate in my life? I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I would not say that I am somebody who is like, I don't really latch on to parables for me personally, mm-hmm. um, but something that sticks with me um, just from a, I would call myself a really, um, someone who is in a con- consistent pursuit of justice, whether that's through education, um, whether that's mm-hmm. through community-based action, um, it is really, really important to me um, to be, standing up for equality um, across different situations, not even just specific to um, equality for Jews. And something that really sticks out to me, Jews have this um, this tenant that we uphold of tikkun olam, which means repair the world. Um, and it's something that we hold ourselves as responsible for, for doing, Um and something that sticks out to me is, I believe it's the the Talmud puts out tikkun olam as this idea, um, or maybe it's maybe it's the Mishnah. This is why I shouldn't talk about scripture. But tikkun <laughs> olam is this like really really important um, ideal for us. And then whichever one I didn't say, the Talmud or the Mishnah, <laughs> reminds us that while we are obligated to make a an attempt to make the world a better place or to make our world a better place. Mm. Um, We are also not obligated to complete the work Mm -hmm. that we are obligated to try. We're obligated to help where we can. We're obligated to serve others. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are not responsible for single-handedly saving the world. It just Mm. isn't possible. And it's in our scripture that we shouldn't be trying to make it possible. Um, so I think that that's something that I would see, um, as really beautiful and unique to Jewish people. And, uh, it's that contrast for me that, um, it's, it serves as a really interesting dialectic that like, I Mm -hmm. constantly have to remind myself as somebody who is very oriented to, um, the pursuit of justice, Mm -hmm. um, that I am nobody's savior Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to be, nor am I going to position myself as such, um, but that I do know how to do socially responsible service-based work 
um, and that I can continue to do that work um, and continue to use my voice in a way that is helpful to other people and leverage my privilege where it exists. I love that answer. And as you were talking, the two that came up for me was duality, because I think it's not a parable. I don't even think I could cite one if I wanted to, but there is something about Jewish teachings and Jewish philosophy that is so very rooted in, in, in acknowledging the duality and the complexity Mm. and constant questioning. That's always the thing I come back to when people ask me, you know, my favorite thing about being Jewish or the thing that, um, to me personifies being Jewish. It's, it's questioning and exploration and curiosity. It's, it's this exploration for, for exploration's sake, you know, it's not, it's mm. not to gain something or to win or to whatever. It's, it's literally just to enjoy the act of exploring. Uh, it's very childlike. It's very, um, mm. it's, it almost reminds me of like inner child healing work, to be honest. Um, and I think it's such a beautiful way to approach and exist within the world. Um, you know, similarly to sort of the one that you brought up, which, which is, Again, as someone who is also social justice minded, you know, it is very important to hold both that we can and we should try. And also we cannot do it alone. We cannot complete the work and the work will never be completed. Um, You know, I I think it's in general um, just very um, open. Mm Yeah, and I just want to clarify because I do see this person engaging with us in the chat. Um, I want to clarify one thing that it seems like a takeaway you got from what I had said was um, help, but don't try to save. I think saving is actually a really important Jewish value that um, we have a value called pikuach nefesh, which is the preservation of life above all else. Um, So when there is an opportunity to save you know a life or improve a life um absolutely i think it's the um presumption the understanding that there's a balance to that when you are presuming yourself to be improving somebody's life or somebody's world or somebody's space um without knowing that that's a concrete thing that you're doing um that it might be your own perception that you are um making someone's life better but Um, intent and impact don't always align. So, you know, I think removing ourselves and our own ego from the situation um, is, and this is, you know, less of a specifically Jewish thing and more me talking, you know, making a light commentary on, um, (laughs) you know, white saviorship. And um, I just, you know, I think that it is a tricky balance to learn how to best leverage, you know, what is like an imperative need and whether you can meet that need for somebody else. Um, and whether you're inserting yourself in a situation that you shouldn't necessarily be in. Um, I hope that helps clarify. Yeah. And this is an interesting question. Does Judaism put any limits on exploration? I was talking about exploration earlier. Mm, I mean, I, yeah, I think sort of what you said, Laura, like we have to, we are, tasked with prioritizing human life above all else right and so exploration should never come at the expense of of somebody else's life or or suffering um you know i don't know if that's a a jewish thing or it's a it's just a morality thing um 
But I, I do think that there are, you know, quote unquote limitations in the sense that we're doing we're, everything that we do. It, it shouldn't, you know, hurt other people. That's that's the only limitation that that I can think of. Um, but of course, hurting other people is is sometimes subjective. So mm -hmm. it's hard. Um, mm -hmm. And there are no right answers, I guess. <laughs> that's that's absolutely true. We've definitely had, you know, an engaged um, set of listeners today. Um, and I think that can take us into our next question that we had for each other was just, what do you hope, Ash, that listeners get out of this podcast? I know you spoke at the beginning about your motivations for starting it and the gap that you were trying to fill. Um but now that we're, what, this is episode 19, so now that we're 19 episodes in, what do you hope people are taking away from our conversations? I mean, I don't think it's anything specific. I think it's that openness that you talked about, that, mm -hmm. that willingness to see these connections, because they're there. If, if you just, for a minute, you know, really sit with certain things, the connections just start popping out at you. You don't even have to look for them real hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it is, it's, it's just wanting that openness from people and, and to be received by people, you know, part of the reason, of course, we, we do this, it, most of the reason is for fellow Jews, um, to help understand themselves. But more than that, you know, we've talked about from the beginning, the struggle of being such a small minority and trying to get people to hear us. And, you know, I do think this podcast hopefully is, is potentially a way for people to hear us and, and hear the ways that we experience the world and how it might be different than how they experience the world and, and how that might be relevant in their day-to-day -day life and the people that they love. Um, so yeah, I think a combination of the two, you know, a general openness both to, for, for Jews themselves to, to make these connections, to, to see how their identity and, and, and life experience and ancestry might influence their current life. And then for non-Jews to, hear how complex these experiences are and to begin to understand, you know, what, what life looks like for, for the Jews that they love. Yeah. I entirely agree with that and would add and for Jews that they've never met that I think it can be yeah. so easy to forget given where we both live now um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, where we were both raised um, just with proximity to New York, it doesn't even matter where, if you have proximity to New York, you have proximity to Jewish people. Um, and it wasn't really until I um, stepped outside of the New York metropolitan area that I encountered people who had never met a Jew in their life. Yeah. Um, and that to me was worldview shifting. So I think that that openness um, that we've been talking about and that you just um, put into really beautiful, really beautiful words. I think, you know, I'm so much of the conversation online um, is about combating anti-Semitism because it has to be because we're yeah. in a constant state of defending ourselves against yeah. um, widely held anti-Semitic tropes. Mm -hmm. But the openness to spaces like this and conversations like this, even just the engagement we just had with someone who identified themselves as a non-Jewish mm -hmm. listener. And we just had a really beautiful conversation about Jewish principles and ideals. Um, that openness, there's space for that here. 
um, as long as we remain open. So I just think that that is a really, um, really beautiful thing. Um, well, thank you to those of you who are joining us live today and who've been participating. This is actually, it's so funny. It's our season finale, but this is the first time that's happened. So I've, I've never, woo-hoo. I was like, Oh, there's a live chat. I know. I didn't know there was a live chat. I know. I know. It's not that we've never had live listeners, but we've never had people utilize what makes call in a very cool platform mm-hmm. in terms of the live podcasting features of calling in and, um, Commenting uh, utilizing the chat. Yeah. It, very cool. It was very cool to interact in that way. Uh, come mm-hmm. back for season two. I don't know yes, what else. <laughs> please come back for season two. Um, so anything else that you want to say, Laura, before we go into our outro? I would just say thank you. Um, you know, I know that we said earlier that you brought me into this space and I was hesitant about um, it, taking the hand that you outreached, but I, um, I'm really grateful for it. I, I have changed as a person since we started this work in February and I am excited to see, um, how I continue to change and shift and, um, hopefully kind of soften parts of me that have become harder naturally in response to the environment that I'm in. I'm hoping to just, um, allow, myself to naturally keep absorbing the beauty of this space and all that it brings me. I love that. And I'm grateful for you. Cute. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And for our first season of Kvetching on the Couch, if you're a new listener, be sure to check out the backlog. As a reminder, we use this space to talk about difficult subjects. And so it is of the utmost importance that you do at least one thing to take care of yourself today, if not many more. We hope that you heard something that you'll take with you from today's episode or just this season as a whole, and that this project of ours has brought or taught you something as we have been finding our footing throughout this first season. And we will be taking a hiatus. We are planning season two, and we are going to be spending some time resting and restoring so that we can come back strong. Absolutely. So while you won't be able to come fetch with us in the coming weeks, we are so looking forward to coming back together for season two. Though, as Ash said, we're not really rushing it right now. <laughs> we are taking taking a break. Um, but we hope that in the meantime, you'll continue your own exploration of Jewish mental health topics if that is meaningful to you. And as always, this episode recording and all of season one will be posted on the Colin app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts uh, later today. And uh, especially as we're kind of taking this break, you can keep up with Ash and myself on social media. Um, these will also be where we announce the dates of our next season. So if you're invested in this project, you know, make sure that you are following us. My handle on Instagram is at the Healing Happy Cook. And you can find Ash at at Badash Therapy. All information will be provided in the comment section of this episode. And a big thank you to January Sunshine for all of the music that we play. And the biggest of thank yous to those of you who joined us today. See you all next season. See you next season. That's a <laughs> All right, babe. Bye, season one. Bye. <laughs>